Greetings, friends and fellow Damons. I'm finally doing the episode that I never wanted to do. On September 1st of the year 54, Ian of Set, or Age of Satan, however you like to count it, that equals out to uh, 2019 by standard calendar year, the founder and high priest emeritus of the Temple of Set, Dr. Michael A. Aquino, remanifested from his physical body following a long battle with cancer. Of course, he will always be remembered for his many excellent books and the great work he did in developing an intelligent and ethical approach to left-hand path initiation. His body may be gone from this earth, but his legacy works teachings and essence remain. May he shine like fire in the jaws of chaos. This is not an announcement. I would guess that probably everyone listening to this is already aware of his passing. This is an acknowledgement and a reflection of what happened. He certainly made no secret of his declining health condition. He talked about it when he was on uh, my podcast, and he talked about it on other podcasts and interviews that he did, um, that his, his, his health had been failing for quite some time, and he also was very clear that he was not um, apprehensive or that he was fearful of, of death. Uh, he faced it very courageously, very confidently, and um, whatever you think about the idea of afterlife, um, he provided an inspiration. He provided strength. Um, so I have to say I have nothing but appreciation for um, how he handled his situation and appreciation certainly for the um, the ideas and the teachings and the, the influences that he that he left here um, I you know none of this would be going on right now if it hadn't been for him none of this left-hand pass stuff would be going on right now and I, I don't mean just like this podcast obviously but you know the the modern left-hand path as it has evolved, you know, to include, you know, Satanism, Setianism, all these things have evolved into a, an ethical and intelligent cultural um, or subcultural movement. The first time I saw or heard Michael Aquino speak, um, it was on Geraldo, uh, Geraldo's Exposing Satan's Underground, when that show aired in uh, you know, 1988, and I, and I think it was on Halloween, I think it showed on Halloween, it was around that time period, and um, I had just recently um, actually made the, the plunge and, and joined the Church of Satan, um, 
and and so what that meant back then is you send them a you send the church a saying a hundred dollars and they send you a your red card and you have to it's a generic red card you have to sign your own name on it and and that was it and I had you know no, none of my attempts to um, you know, talk to people get put in touch with other people um, had been responded to and so you know I was starting to get the feeling that actually this organization that um, I had thought very highly of was actually just you know taking advantage of people just taking their money and I, I was starting to think that all of this you know Satanism stuff was just a bunch of a bunch of nonsense just a bunch of smoke and mirrors no one was really into this stuff anymore and then I saw that episode of Geraldo and I saw this this man on it um, you know, wearing a clerical collar and a, and a pentagram and um, you know a very interesting you know Spock kind of uh, hair, haircut and um, and he's standing up for for Satanism in the left hand path against what you know seems like a medieval crowd of ang angry villagers you know that want to just burn him at the stake and he's he's standing there he's keeping his cool he's not getting angry and he's not getting intimidated and he's responding calmly and coolly explaining how you know Satanism is a very you know is a a legitimate and and rational pursuit for mature you know, people for grown-ups, you know, um, it's not just a bunch of headbanging, headbanging, you know, black metal people and, and, uh, you know, gothic, gothic types. It's, it's, it's something for grown-ups and, and it, it made it look so, so legitimate. And, and, and I became interested in it again. I became interested in pursuing and finding out, um, what this thing was all about. So it was like a it was like a lifeline. It was like a rope across an abyss. You know, and, and Geraldo and the powers that be created that show really with the intent of scaring people away from Satanism. That's what they really wanted to do with that show. But little did they know, and, and I know, you know, this story I'm telling is not just about me. I know there's thousands of other people who for them that show was a lifeline buried amidst all the lies and delusion and ugly propaganda there's this one little spark of truth in the form of Michael Aquino and how that changed so many people's destiny and you know what were the chances he was even going to be on that I, I mean you just think about how easily because you know they cut out like you know 90% of the things that he said while he was on there um, and they could have cut him out entirely. They could have never even invited him on that, and it never would have happened. And that show would have just been, you know, you know, Ted Gunderson and and a bunch of assholes making up lies, and and feeding the fire of the satanic panic. So, so there's something very synchronous about his appearance in there. So three years later. I, I found myself at a, a Setian gathering that was taking place in San Francisco. And um, that's where I met Michael Aquino for the first time in person. And, you know, there's a crowd of people around him, of course. And, and, and I was so intimidated 
um, that I, you know, whenever you meet a celebrity, you get that, that, that intimidation. Um, but then you also get this, you know, this sense of, oh, this, this is my one chance. So I, I better go up and go up and say hi. And so I did. And I went up and said hi. And, um, and I said, I gotta, I gotta ask him a question, right? I gotta, you know, have a question. And so, uh, the question I asked him was about the Diabolicon and if it was his belief that it's the same, you know, that, that that's the Prince of Darkness speaking through through the Diabolicon. So that, that was my question. I know I know it could have been a better question, but that was it. That's the question I asked him. And that was my big chance. And you can say what you want about my question, but I will always remember his answer he said uh, I'm not a theologian I'm just a political scientist who is interested in getting at the truth about things and I have no tolerance for bullshit and and I'll always remember that to me like those words are, are a great summary of, of everything else that um, that you know, he did that. I was aware of all of his other books and, 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 uh, talks that he gave. Um, I, I, I always think of those words and, you know, I'll, I'll say this too, is that, you know, everyone, pretty much everyone, whoever would meet him was just, you know, really, you know, freaked out and intimidated. I mean, he was definitely had that, that, um, you know, satanic rock star thing going on, but he tried so hard to put people at ease, to make people feel comfortable. I mean, he loved to make jokes. He loved to tell jokes, he, 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 and, and, and dirty jokes too. Um, he'd, he'd have a whole room just laughing over his uh, off-color jokes, but um, he was just such a, su- such a great person uh, to know and, and to be around. And, and, and at the same time, that, that energy um, being in his presence was just something unlike anything, uh, anything else I've ever experienced and something that I'll never forget. And even though, you know, I mean, I can count on the times that I met him on, on, uh, one hand, but each of those times was incredibly powerful and I'm, I'm grateful, uh, for all of them. And of course I did, uh, interviews with him here on this podcast uh, if you haven't heard them, I, I, I recommend go back and check them out and you can hear for yourself um, what, a, what an interesting person he was. Um, these interviews were like in 2017 and 2018 and real treats. I got to pick his brain on the air and then dig in deep on, on a number of subjects. So um, go, go check those out if you haven't. Um, I think you'll really appreciate him. He was also a master of that old uh, Dale Carnegie lesson of uh, give someone a great reputation to live up to. He was really good at helping other people believe in themselves and what they were doing. Um, you know, I, I, another moment that I'll always remember is um, I gave him a a demo cassette tape of my musical project, um, Cult of the Nazarene, which was kind of a precursor to Asmodeus X. And, and I'll always remember 
the way he he looked at it and he and he opened opened it up and he while I was standing there and he read all of the the credits on it and he looked at the the artwork on it and he was like oh that and he commented that the artwork was very interesting and he asked me about it and and because it you know came from Gnosticism and stuff um and this you know the reason this stands out is because you know as as an independent musician I've given you know CDs or cassettes to you know you know literally thousands of people and you know and, and you know what they do with it they're like oh okay thanks and then they you know put it in their pocket and and you know take it home and forget about it uh nine times out of ten but they never no one has ever I don't remember anyone else taking that much interest in it and I'm not saying this because I think you know my shit was that awesome it's just that's how uh that's how he treated other people I mean it's he made you know as much of a, a a rock star as he seemed he tried to make everyone around him feel like a rock star and that was uh such a such a great thing um and and he was just such a such a such a kind person there's a line from the diabolicon from the statement of Beelzebub that I think is relevant here that I'm gonna that I'm gonna read for you um, this is in the statement of Beelzebub the daemons are, are traveling alone into the great unknown after they've um, after they've had the great you know great war in, in heaven and they're and they're going off into the unknown into the darkness and they're afraid that they'll fall apart without the support or the control of, of heaven and the forces of Maslow. They're afraid that they'll, um, that they'll die, that they'll be unmade, that their existence will end. And he says, And so we took flight and quit the realm of order, though we knew not what would befall us thereafter. And we feared that we should become unmade. But Lucifer said, We shall not perish, for we are now independent of God. And again he spoke truth, for we remained as we had been, save only for the depths of uncertainty that gripped us. And here, here I think of Michael Aquino um, speaking through the persona of Lucifer. He's telling his fellow daemons and students to be not afraid of the unknown, to shine like fire in the jaws of chaos, and know that with courage and strength of will, nothing can destroy you. And I know that he must have confronted chaos in this manner many times over in his life. In Vietnam, the whole, you know, leaving the, the Church of Satan, and the whole uh, drama surrounding that, and the, uh, you know, any number of crises that he encountered, you know, a satanic panic. And, and I'm sure, you know, millions of things had nothing whatsoever to do even with the Temple of Set or, or the left-hand path. And there seems to be some unwritten law that the more heart you have, the more shit life sends you to challenge it. And, you know, following the path of initiation, planting your feet on that path teaches us that as your being expands from this, so does your sense of responsibility and the need for you to take personal responsibility. And there seemed to be no end to Dr. Aquino's sense of responsibility. 
you know, he just had a huge sense of that and he had a huge heart. There was no shortage of shit that was thrown his way. And, and like set, he stood forth to slay the serpent of chaos. So, you know, Ra's sunbar could sail across the sky for one more day. And I am so grateful that I got the chance to sit on that sunbark, even if it was only for a, for a, a second in the, the great endlessness called time. So there it is, my friends and fellow Damons. That's the episode that I, I didn't want to do. And now it's done. In fact, you might even say, so it is done. And with that, keep fighting the good fight and keep the dark fires burning.